What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to the C.S. Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, C.S. Joseph. This is uh, Season 14, Part 4, Duality Pairs, and this is Episode 5, ESFJ and INTP Sexuality. Which, let's be honest, for some reason that people are just not aware of, they should be staying away from these relationships entirely. And it's not, and, and these episodes are not just for me to like tell you, like, yeah, stay away from them. It's more like why stay away from them, and then ends up what's actually happening. But seriously, stay away from duality pairs. Now, remember, we've been talking about how there's colloquial duality, and then actual duality. Actual duality, to according to socionics, is what we call the bronze pair. And the bronze pair is likely probably like the best that people can get. It's also known as a natural pair. And we discussed this also in season 14, but uh, behind the paywall. I believe that's season 14, part three, known as the natural pair. So you can get that at csjoseph.life forward slash members. Become a journeyman member and you can watch that, the, that lecture series that season. Eight episodes about natural pairs. Then there is colloquial duality, which is what most people on the internet are not even aware of. And those people on the internet just don't get it. <laughs> they don't get it. Because for some reason, people, when they're talking about ESFJs and INTPs, they're saying that, hey, you know, they're the absolute best pair for each other. And that is actually false. They are the worst pair for each other and should be avoided at all costs. Why is that? Because this is a camaraderie-based relationship. This would be a really good relationship for woman-on-woman -woman as friends because the camaraderie basically creates some kind of motif of decision-making of capability that women lack because they're very superior with their perception capability versus men are the opposite, who absolutely suck with perception and are basically entirely oblivious compared to women. But they make up for it with having superior decision-making. So, that's why in my big fat Greek wedding, women turn the neck while the man is the head. The turning of the neck is the power of perception, whereas the head of the man is the decision-making power or capability. That's basically the entire point, and it's actually spoken about in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Oddly enough, I believe some of the girls in the women's group, which you can join our women's group at discord.gg forward slash ego hackers, and then message Stephanie or Jolly, and uh, they'll be able to help you uh, get in if you do want to get in. But I believe the girls are getting together to actually watch My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which from my point of view is actually a decent film. So definitely not a waste of time and actually has some decent concepts in it when explaining how masculine and feminine energy actually works you know dynamically in the course of relationships which is great or you could just go to reddit where I'm quite hated 
probably because that's where all the collective ignorance of the internet goes. And basically, when you're on Reddit, and trust me, you know, I'm a hypocrite when I say that because I'm on Reddit too. So let's, let's enjoy that self-hypocrisy there, Mr. C.S. Just let's enjoy that. Yep. Yep, calling myself out. Collective ignorance, right? So, ESFJs, INTPs, both of these types belong in the body temple. The INTP is a producer of touch. The ESFJ is a consumer of touch in terms of their uh, love languages, etc. Both have the same cognitive origin of discovery. It's all about exploration. So yeah, they could be like best buds shoulder to shoulder, but definitely not face to face. There's no way these two types would be able to meet each other's sexual needs or their emotional needs. Like, at all. Wouldn't even be able to happen. Slowly over time, the relationship would decay, and it would just fall by the wayside. ESFJ would get tired of the INTP trying to explore things in their basement, right? Uh, that's just a stereotype. But basically being a small explorer, while the ESFJ is looking for big exploration. You know, and that need, that intrinsic need for discovery will be limited by the INTP because the INTP wants an ease of discovery. They want easy discovery. It's way easier to discover what's on World of Warcraft than it is uh, to discover something that's in the wild, right? And that's ultimately where that comes from and what that's all about. ESFJs hate that. You know, like, my grandmother, she's an ESFJ. She's still alive. She's 92 years old. Bless her heart. Definitely an amazing woman. Former Central Intelligence. And very supportive individual. To the point of enabling. Deadly sin of gluttony. And uh, probably one of the reasons why I struggle with gluttony personally throughout my life. Is as a result of the enablement that she gave me. But she didn't know any difference, it's not her fault. She's just a sweet little old lady. She always has been. And she always just wants to care. Wanting to be wanted. Wanting, wanting somebody that, could, that she could serve, but then reward her for her service. She loves to be rewarded for her service, right? And guess what, INTPs do too. And because of that, these two types end up competing with each other for the same roles when it comes to a relationship. Take my grandmother, for example. Big exploration. My grandfather, which is like, okay, get in the car, we're going to go on a drive. She's like, okay. She gets ready, and she gets in the car, and they're off on a drive. About an hour and 15 minutes. 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes. In the drive, she looks over to her husband. My grandfather's like, okay, so where are we going? You know, and they just left the San Juan Islands in northern Washington State. And he tells her, oh, we're going to Crescent City. And she's like, Crescent City? That's in California. He's like, yeah, we're going to Crescent City. And she's like, well, we didn't even pack. And he said, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. And she's like, okay. But that's one of her most treasured memories with my ISTP grandfather. That's my 
he was always interested in going out of his way to facilitate exploration for my grandmother. Anytime that he'd see that she'd get stuck or stagnant, he'd just sweep her up off her feet and take her places and with him. And that's what he did. And that's ultimately what their relationship was based on. It was definitely a pedagogue relationship, which is season 14, part two, also available in the members area. See, it's just a dot life forward slash members. But overall, they had a great relationship and he was able to facilitate that exploration for my grandmother. Well, you think an INTP is gonna do that? Maybe the highest value INTP will do that. But most INTPs in general won't do that. They are often too stuck in their comfort zone. So an ESFJ would end up having a problem, especially when their expert intuition child is trying to motivate the, EST, uh, the INTP to actually do anything. And the INTP is like, nope, I'm good. And they just want to stay stuck, which then makes the ESFJ actually feel kind of trapped. And it's like, well, my purpose here is to discover new things and you're like destroying my purpose. So, this ends up creating a lot of conflict within the relationship. Now, functionally speaking, you know, and that's from a cognitive origin perspective, right? Both of them also have the same deadly sins of gluttony and they can compete with, for consumption. Both of them have uh, generativity. They can compete with, you know, who's more generative, who's able to produce more than they consume. And that is a serious, serious problem. The competition, right? But cognitive functions-wise, they both have the same functions and their function stack just in a different order. The INTP as TI hero is often at risk of using their extroverted thinking nemesis to stupid zone the ESFJ with TI inferior. And then the TI inferior ends up activating the expert thinking demon. And it just leads to fights over and over and over. What's worse, the expert feeling hero of the ESFJ is always trying to get the INTP to feel something, to value something. The INTP doesn't care about how they feel, nor will they ever care about how they feel. And that also leads to an emotional disconnection. Sexually though, oh my God, what a nightmare. What happens when you put two canvases in the room with no painter? Literally nothing happens. Literally nothing happens. So in order for there to actually be any high quality sexual interaction between one of them, they would one of them would have to be drunk. One of them would have to use a depressant to cognitive transition them into their shadow, their wayfarer shadow, just to be able to have any quality sexual relationship within the context of their relationship. The reason why is they both have introverted sensing in their top four, and extroverted sensing is very low. And for the INTP, it's a trickster. The ESFJ, especially if it's an ESFJ woman, will never ever feel fulfilled. even though the INTP man may. And that would be a huge problem. And then also, the INTP would have a problem with the ESFJ because 
their FI nemesis is like so worried about their own self-worth, so worried about feeling worthy enough, feeling good enough. And the INTP will get frustrated because it's like, it doesn't matter what good thing I do for you, you still don't appreciate what I do for you. You still feel bad about yourself. I can't improve you or improve your feelings no matter how much you express them to me or whatever you do. So I may as well just give up. And that's what duality relationships are all about. They're all about, I may as well just give up. And that's why people, when it comes to sexual relationships, just do not get into duality relationships. There's really no point. Duality relationships, colloquial duality, only matters for friends to sharpen each other to learn from each other. They are shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder relationships where they can work together to solve a task. They are not for face-to-face -face relationships. Therefore, if you're an ESFJ, avoid INTPs. If you're an INTP, avoid ESFJs. Fair warning though, I have noticed many people within this community having a problem. And that problem is that many of these people in this community think that they can accurately type themselves and others. Then they watch these videos. They'll watch this one. Let's say an ESFJ or an INTP. It's like, oh my God, I'm in a relationship with my polar opposite. Maybe I shouldn't get with them. And I'm just like, no. That's not how it works. Because it is actually extremely rare. Maybe less than 1% of the time you might find somebody in a relationship with their colloquial duel. It's extremely rare. We're talking so rare that I can basically safely assume that if someone believes they're in a duality, colloquial duality relationship, this high camaraderie relationship, this relationship of polar opposites, I can assume that they're wrong or that someone is actually mistyped. Because people oftentimes watch my videos and they're like, okay, I need to end this relationship and the relationship ends. Only for themselves to find out that they were mistyped themselves or their partner was mistyped themselves and they actually had like a golden pair or a natural pair and that the relationship would have been really, really great. But because people are so bad at typing properly that uh, they end up screwing themselves. This is why I highly recommend you actually go out of your way to get typed. csjoseph.life forward slash coaching. You know, eventually we're going to have a coaching sale in the future. Or eventually we'll bring back our uh, big essentials uh, sale uh, that was at uh, csjoseph.life forward slash essentials. But uh, when that sale is back, you guys should really jump on that because you're getting like 90 days of journeyman and 90 days of acolyte plus 30 minutes of coaching, which is an insane deal. It's an insane deal. Like for the price of a coaching session, you're getting all of that. So whenever that sale goes back out, you might want to check that out. But we're going to have a coaching sale around the corner, actually, so... I think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be in uh, 
very late fall or early winter is the next sale. So it'll be a while. But if you can't wait and you're watching these videos and you're wondering, am I really in a compatible relationship with my partner, with my other? I hate saying the word partner, by the way. I get triggered every time. I hate that word. hate it with a fiery passion. It's so dehumanizing. It's so emasculating. It's so anti-feminine. It's just gross. I hate that term, partner, that politically correct term. And I very much enjoy how the eco-hacker community is very anti-politically correct. So let's keep that going. But yeah, the bottom line is though, just avoid these relationships. If you think you're in one of these relationships, verify first, hire an expert to do the typing, you know, me or one of the coaches on my staff. But other than that, just seriously, realize, <laughs> realize that uh, you're probably wrong. So don't be making life decisions until you know for sure. So anyway, folks, thanks for watching and listening. Like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.